0: Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the petition of the Lord's Prayer we're considering today. We'll look at Psalm 72. Psalm 72 is our scripture. It's found on page 908. As we prepare to hear God's word, let's pray together. Gracious God, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for your word, so it may nourish us today in the ways of your life. Through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven, we pray. Amen. Psalm 72. Endow the King with your justice, O God, the Royal Son with your righteousness. He will judge your people in righteousness, your afflicted ones with justice. The mountains will bring prosperity to the people, the hills the fruit of righteousness. He will defend the afflicted among the people and save the children of the needy. He will crush the oppressor. He will endure as long as the sun, as long as the moon through all generations. He will be like rain falling on a moan field, like showers watering the earth. In his days, the righteous will flourish. Prosperity will abound till the moon is no more. He will rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. The desert tribes will bow before him and his enemies will lick the dust. The kings of Tartus and all distant shores will bring tribute to him. The kings of Sheba and Seba will present him gifts. All kings will bow down to him and all nations will serve him. For he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and the needy and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence, for precious is their blood in His sight. Long may He live. May gold from Sheba be given Him. May people ever pray for Him and bless Him all day long. Let grain abound throughout the land. On the tops of the hills may it sway. Let its fruit flourish like Lebanon. Let it thrive like the grass of the field. May His name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. All nations will be blessed through Him, and they will call Him blessed. Praise be to the Lord God the God of Israel who alone deserves marvel- who alone does marvelous deeds praise be to his glorious name forever may the whole earth be filled with his glory amen and amen dangerous items carry warning labels cleaning solutions gas appliances power tools they have a, a warning involved a warning label placed on them Because there's risk that's involved in using them. The Lord's Prayer should have a warning label attached. It's a risky prayer. It could subvert and convert our life. You pray this prayer with any degree of sincerity and watch out. Buckle your seatbelt, you're in for a ride. There is nothing more radical you can do... Then ask God to bring about the most massive revolution possible. Our Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. Kingdom hopes ran high in Jesus' day. They weren't pie-in-the-sky words to many people. They touched the heart of the disciples longing for God's intervention. Your kingdom come had overtones of the day of the Lord. Many Jews couldn't wait for that day. They longed for God to restore life to the way it's supposed to be. Endow the king with your justice, O God. The royal son with your righteousness. Everybody knew that the day of the Lord would be a day of God's justice, God's righteousness. Now Hebrew people had a, a unique view of history. Unlike other cultures and worldviews, the Hebrews saw history was moving to a specific end. Some worldviews saw a life as a series of chance events. You're never sure quite what was going to happen. There was no purposeful beginning, no purposeful end. We just are. Who knows what happens next? Other worldviews see life as an endless repetition of the same cycle. Spring, summer, fall, winter. Birth, life, death, rebirth. The same thing happens over and over. It's kind of like that movie Groundhog Day. But Jewish people had a linear view of time. They understood that human existence had a goal. There was a purpose for life under heaven. The goal and purpose of life is the kingdom of God. Jews would pray, may he give reign to his kingship in our lifetimes and in our days and in the lifetimes of the entire family of Israel swiftly and soon. That's the sentiment behind Psalm 72's petition that God endow the king with justice. In the same way, your kingdom come is a prayer for God to act like the king he is and to intervene. Basically, Jesus is inviting the disciples to pray that God would rule without rival. This petition is that God would bring on the day of the Lord. Not just in some far-off time. Jesus' first sermon in the Gospel of Mark capitalizes on this Jewish expectation. Jesus preaches, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Jesus is declaring that the goal of history was upon them. The kingdom of God, whose arrival everyone prayed for, was near. To Understand what near means. We need to understand what Jesus means by the time has come. Now, there's a couple of ways we can think about time. One kind of time is Kronos time. Look at your watch. That's Kronos time. Right now it's 10 minutes after 10. Or if you look at our new atomic clock, it's 11 minutes after 10. You will get no more accurate time than that time back there. Set your watches by it because it is the best Kronos time you could get. Kronos is measurable time. It's measured by a watch, a clock, a calendar, a sundial, whatever. But there's another kind of time. Kairos time. Kairos time is a moment of opportunity. It's a unique moment determined by God. Kairos is a time when hopes and dreams come true for christians kairos moments can fill any chronos time because of jesus jesus time jesus brings new meaning to each of our hours each of our days any moment of any day can be a kairos moment with jesus in fact if we look at jesus ministry we'll see it's filled with kairos moments jesus gives us pictures of the kingdom of god breaking into our hours and days in jesus we see the presence of god's future giving sight to the blind is a kairos moment multiplying bread and fish to feed a crowd is a kairos moment calming a stormy sea calling a tax collector to follow jesus all of those are kairos moments Each of these, more and more, show God's order entering into our time. God's kingdom, something every Jew was longing for, was coming to life on earth. This kingdom hope is what lies behind the Heidelberg Catechism's teaching on this petition. It asks the question, what does the second petition mean? And we say together, your kingdom come means... Rule us by your word and spirit in such a way that more and more we submit to you. Preserve your church and make it grow. Destroy the devil's work. Destroy every force which revolts against you and every conspiracy against your holy word. Do this until your kingdom fully comes when you will be all in all. Jesus teaches us to pray, your kingdom come. He invites us to ask God to hasten the day when all things will be reversed. Not just in some far off future, but hope for his kingdom day today. Jesus calls us to pray that the way of heaven would be present here on earth. With this petition, we ask God to bring on His new creation now. Bring Kairos into our Kronos. Bring justice and righteousness into our lives. Right here. Right now. Of course, none none of us can make life like this happen. Only God can. Only God can bring God's new day. That's why we pray, your will be done. God, only you can do it. So Jesus is teaching us to pray, Father, do your will. Father, do what only you can do. It's a radically different kind of prayer. Usually we pray with our wills in mind. We pray to try and get God on our side. We want somebody healed. So we pray, if it be your will. God, I want this. And if you can see your way clear to grant my wish, that would be really great. Jesus isn't teaching us to pray in this way. Or else we pray as a kind of a last-ditch effort. We've exhausted all of our resources, so we might as well pray. God, there's nothing I can do about this, so I'm praying to you. Jesus isn't teaching us to pray like this. Or maybe we realize that what God's will is, but we don't really do it, so we grit our teeth. Have it your way, God. We come in resignation. I don't have any other choice. You might as well have your will be done. That's not Jesus' teaching either. This petition isn't about us. In the Lord's Prayer, we're asking God to do what only God can do. We're asking God to do His will. His will in and through us. Again, notice the teaching of the Heidelberg Catechism. What does the third petition mean? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven means help us and all people to reject our own wills and to obey your will without any backtalk. Your will alone is good. Help us one and all to carry out the work we are called to as willingly and faithfully as the angels in heaven. I mean, let's think about what God's will is. The Bible is clear. God's will is the good God wants done. We could could call God's will God's good pleasure. Daryl Johnson notes that God's will is the thing that God does to be pleased. For example, in the New Testament book of Ephesians, Paul talks about God's pleasure to choose us in Christ to be his sons and daughters. Paul says, In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. It pleases God to make us his children. It delights God to bring us into the wonderful life of Christ. God wants nothing more than that we have a full and vibrant life in Jesus. When we pray, your will be done, we do so recognizing, as the Catechism says, that God's will alone is good. The best we can do for ourselves is to see God's will done, because God's will is his pleasure to make us his own. In fact, the Bible reveals more and more about what God's will is. First, the Bible notes that we're created in God's image. We're called to be fruitful, to multiply, to join God in governing the earth. It pleases God if we are as creative as God is. Then when humanity failed God, God called out Abraham and Sarah to bless them so that they could be a blessing to others. God's pleasure is to create a culture of blessing. To pass it around so everybody gets some. God set Israel free from slavery. Liberated his people from the powers of sin and evil that bound them. God's pleasure is to set us free from whatever keeps us from being a blessing. God offers his people commandments so that they'll grow in freedom. God's ten commandments reveal who we are meant to be. They expose what God wants us to be. It pleases God when we act true to the character that he intended us for. And there's so much more. It would please God to give us life in his spirit. God wants us to be filled with his Holy Spirit. God's pleased if we're filled with His holiness. It pleases God for us to have eternal life, to have the life that God has. So over and over again, what we discover is that the will of God, God's pleasure, is to fill our lives with His goodness. Your will alone is good. I mean, we could spend a whole day, all of today, listing all of the things that God wants for us that would give God great pleasure. So who in their right mind would not pray, your will be done? We would have to be crazy not to pray that. Father, bring all of your good pleasure into my life. Father, do it. Grip me in your goodness. I can't make life work, but God, you can make life work. In fact, when we read in the Bible, when we discover what God wants, it's God's will to bring His good pleasure into our lives. So we pray, your will be done. You see, praying your kingdom come, your will be done, is a call to trust God's will. This petition desires God's goodness for us not the goodness we can get for ourselves we pray for God's will to be done because we can't trust our own wills our wills can't be trusted because we're too easily satisfied too often we settle for the goodness that we can generate and we neglect the opulence of God's good pleasure Rather than reveling in God's goodness that fills our cups to overflowing, we settle for all these little small goodies that will never ever fill us up. C.S. Lewis once noted that if we really understood, we'd realize that God's promises are staggering. But, said Lewis, if you look at how we live, it seems we have weak desires for God's glorious riches. We're half-hearted creatures, says Lewis. Fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he can't imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. Far too easily pleased. And we settle for lesser things. It's our Achilles' heel. We choose small pleasures. We remain blind to God's good pleasure. Rather than the goodness God wants to pour into our lives, we pursue shallow things. Rather than want what God wants, we settle for our petty wishes. What we need is our wanters converted. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is a good example. She shows us a person who wants God's will done. She's uh, approached by an angel with the news that she would be pregnant with Jesus, God's plan for the world, and her response was simple. I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. She received God's will. She wasn't too shallow to drink deeply of God's grace even though it came to her in this largely unexpected form. She didn't close the door thinking she knew better than God. She opened her life to receive deeply of God's rich blessing. Mary was ready to drink deeply of God's goodness. Mary had her wanter converted to God's will. May it come to me. She was well versed in praying this petition, Your kingdom come. Your will be done. She wanted the goodness that God was offering and she was open to receive from God. Our wills can hoodwink us. We can be fooled by petty desires. And we miss seeing the goodness of God's will. God's will is to fill us with God's good pleasure. Perhaps there's no better example for us than the cross of Jesus. Through the cross, God brings His good pleasure into our lives. But remember how Jesus got there. Remember his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before he died on the cross. Jesus prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus opened himself to God's will. He drank deeply from the cup that God had for him. It wasn't easy, but Jesus trusted God's goodness would come. Jesus trusted God's will for his life, and God came through. On the third day, Jesus was raised to new life. It was God's will to take him through the valley of the shadow of death to a resurrected life. To pray, God's kingdom come... God's will be done is to trust God. It's to choose for God's will, even if we're facing a cross. We can take up our cross, we can follow Jesus, because we realize that God has goodness in store for us. To pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, is to pray as Brennan Manning once prayed, Abba, into your hands I entrust my body, mind, and spirit, and this entire day, morning, afternoon, evening, and night. Whatever you want of me, I want of me. Falling into you and trusting in you in the midst of my life. Into your heart I entrust my heart. Feeble, distracted, insecure, uncertain. Abba, Unto you I abandon myself in Jesus our Lord. Amen. God's will is to fill our lives with abundant pleasure and to pray for God's kingdom, for God's will, is to trust God to come through. There's just one problem. Not every part of life is an experience of God's goodness. See, we face this dilemma. Even though we already know of God's goodness, we don't yet experience God's goodness in every facet of life. You see, to pray these petitions is to pray for a revolution that brings God's already into our not yet. I mean, in many ways, we can already see the presence of God's kingdom, the will of God being done. This past Thursday, the elders heard professions of faith from two of our high school students. It was clear from their lives that God's will was at work in them. Their professions of faith were abundant evidence of God's will at work. But then in other ways, we bump up against the truth that the kingdom's not yet fully here. I know this in my life. Even though I confess Jesus as my Savior and Lord, there are times I disappoint Him by my impatience, by my pride. When I sound off at my kids, when I complain about other people, when I go on a tirade in traffic, I know that God's kingdom has not yet fully entered my life. As someone once noted, we're concerned about our own silly name, about our own little empire, and our silly little will. I want my day in the sun. I want my ego stroked. I want to build up my kingdom, even while I pray for God's kingdom to come. See, the truth is, we live in this in-between. Jesus is already here, but not yet fully. His kingdom is already come, but not yet in all its fullness. Jesus is fully here, but not always visible. Jesus is present in your car, at school, in your kitchen. But we don't always have eyes to see Him. The kingdom of God can be veiled from our sight. We're waiting for God's kingdom to arrive in fullness. It doesn't express it in this uh, uh, translation of the NIV, but in the newer translation of the NIV, we see it. It becomes may in Psalm 72. May the mountains bring prosperity. May He defend the afflicted. May He rule from sea to sea. May all the kingdoms, kings bow down to Him. See, we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, or as Psalm 72:19 says, may the whole earth be filled with His glory. We pray that God would be visible to all before that great day of Jesus' return. Before the day when every knee will bow and every tongue confess, we pray that God would reveal Himself here and now. Our prayer is, our Father, unveil all of Your royal splendor. Show Yourself to us now. Show us Your good pleasure. But here's the risk. We want God to show Himself, and it's through us. We need to reject our own wills so that God's kingdom will be visible in our actions. When we pray, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're praying that we would be true to God. It's not a passive petition. It's a petition that calls us to activity for God's sake. We want to reject our wills so we can have the privilege of being living examples of God's kingdom. It's revolutionary. Bring your already into our not yet. It's risky, it's a risky prayer. Because we must deny ourselves. We're praying that God start a revolution in our world beginning with us. Your kingdom come, your will be done means letting the influence of God's kingdom shape the way we deal with people at school, at work. Your kingdom come, your will be done means letting the power of God's kingdom move us as we face classmates who make life difficult for us. Your kingdom come, your will be done means letting the grace of the kingdom be our clothing when some thoughtless person tries to hurt us. Your kingdom come, your will be done means pursuing good stewardship of our resources so that we will love and respect our neighbor and the creation. Do this until your kingdom is so complete and perfect that in it you are all in all. That is, get rid of Anything that smacks of us and our fame, our notoriety. Let us be living examples of God's good pleasure. We're praying that already now our lives would display the not yet of God's kingdom. When we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, we face this tension. Already, but not yet. We pray that God's rule would put an end to our rule. We pray that God's kingdom would be alive in our lives. To pray these petitions is to pray for a revolution. They can only be prayed, as someone said, on tiptoe, in anticipation. You say you want a revolution? Just pray this. Your kingdom, your will, on earth as in heaven. Father, break through every resistance that I have to your will by your word and spirit. Father, grant your church the courage and strength to follow you. Father, show your rule through us and destroy every part of the devil's work in us. Father, make our church a sign of your new world order. Do this until your kingdom is so complete and perfect that in it you are all in all. Bring it on, Father. It's Kairos time. Bring on your revolution, God. Show the world your goodness. Father, bring your already into our not yet world. Bring it all in your way because only you can do it, God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Let's pray. Father, this is a bold prayer, and sometimes our hearts and souls are not up to it. We're timid spirits. This is a bold prayer that calls. For a revolution of life, of our lives, of my life. This is a bold prayer that calls us to lay everything on the line for you. It's risky, it's challenging, it's daunting. The promise of your goodness. Of your good pleasure. Mm. Father, for that we'll pray it. For that we will give up on ourselves. And give it all to you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Right here. Right now. In this place. In my life. Here. On earth. As it is in heaven. Amen.